Hey, how are you? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon, where every Monday you're going to get a little biz bite to start your week off right. And then every Wednesday, we're going to deep dive into all things personal growth, where my goal is to help you have an aha every single week. You know, this podcast is for you, for the woman who's the go-getter, who knows there's more inside. And you know what? You're ready to smash through that self-imposed glass ceiling so you can finally see what you're made of. Ready? Let's go. Happy Monday, Biz Bites Monday. I have one of my favorite people in the whole world with me, Laura. And Laura and I have known each other. How long has this been? Like a, I want to say a year and a half, maybe. Um, we were introduced at least two, maybe two and a half years, actually. Oh my God. Like COVID time. I think that's, it's the COVID times, everybody. And Laura is, uh, was so wonderful in, um, a couple of my groups that I ran as a superb marketer and copywriting expert. And today I brought her on because I really want us to have a conversation around the entrepreneurs like she and I are who want to be creative and want to expand our businesses and maybe tweak a little bit about what we're doing, maybe come up with new offers and new ideas and why that there is, um, you know, so much in the world that's like, stick to course, stay with the same old thing. And and we, you know, that's why I was like, let's just put hit record. Cause we were talking about how bored we get out of our minds. So, mm. and we're both moms and we talk, I want us to have a conversation around, you know, where we like our business. There's something about yeah. like, we like using our brains and yet we're also moms. So we have, we're navigating being a mom to daughters Yes. And, and being representative of strong, powerful women, but also not working all the time because we want to spend time with our kid. So I'm going to let you, because you have a new business, um, a new, and it's like, is it new? It's like new ish because it's been in your mind. You right. know what I mean? It's been birthed, but it's been in right. your mind. So introduce yourself the way that you want to, you know, you want the world to know who you are now. <laughs> Well, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still a content and marketing strategist. Yeah. My background, as you know, for years was in copy and I got to do that for some pretty cool people. Right. Uh, but you know, that's, that's still what I do and, it's, and helping people develop rich content strategies that actually convert all that's really shifted about my business is now we have this service that once we've developed a content strategy that actually converts, and I'm not talking about like, just gets you followers or whatever. I'm talking about actually builds believers in your yeah. brand, people who are like excited and passionate about what you do. Once we have that content strategy, now we just have the services to support you in repurposing that content so that you can take one podcast episode like this and turn it into dozens of assets that you can put across social media and really grow your platform. So at the end of the day, it's still uh, what it's always been. And that's really effective content strategy that gets people to believe in you and your brand and what you do. I love that. I love still that whole tagline, right? Believers are buyers. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, uh, and of course we talked about this right. Uh, over the years, 
since it's been more than one year or whatever, one and a half, two years or whatever, <laughs> whatever it's been, right. It's just like, you know, it, we, we talk about having prolific content to be put out there, right. So that yep. people get a chance to get to know us and hear that we know what the hell we're talking about. And, but the, what you said, the key piece of what you said is really that conversion because we yeah. can barf a bunch of stuff out. What do you think is one of the magic? Cause we've got our 10 minutes and then everybody stick around. Cause we're going to like, we talk about the real stuff. Um, <laughs> what do you think is one really effective tip for someone when they're developing their content that helps it actually convert and not just be them spewing out their laundry list of tips and, and how to use people. Yeah. I mean, the, the clear mistake that I see people make is leaving the emotion out of it, right? It's so easy. We go on Instagram or we go on Facebook or we go on TikTok and we see people growing these follower counts by here's this tip, here's this motivational quote, here's this quick how-to and that's all well and good, but you would be shocked at how many people come to me and they say, Laura, I've built this huge following and I'm not getting people to buy. And it's because they've left the emotion out of it. People buy on emotion. They, they build that belief in you, that emotional connection with you through emotion. That's what sales is. Sales is connecting with people, relating to people, building that connection and that relationship. That's why I love your relationship marketing method, right? It fits so well with what I do and what I teach and why we worked so well together in your programs. But, uh, that's, what's missing is you're not actually connecting with people emotionally. You're not actually building relationships with them. So, you know, it can keep you from growing your audience. So if you're posting content and you're not growing, it might be because you're not really connecting with people emotionally, but also on the flip side, if you are growing, like, let's say you've got great, a growth strategy. You're doing, you know, you're working the algorithm. You've got the hashtag, you're engaging, you're doing all of those things. Maybe you're growing, but you're not converting. And it's because where's that, where are you pushing on those emotional pain points that actually make people see you as more than just a friend, but somebody who's there to solve their problem. Right. I love that you said that. And it's always like, you're so wise. Cause I'm always, I, cause I, I'm sitting here listening to you and also thinking like, I haven't really done that so much lately. And before we hit record, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm tweaking my business. I'm doing something else. And I started getting into that, like how to preachery mode. Like, this is why you don't. And totally I like, even as you're saying this, I'm like, oh my God, I, there's a piece that I hadn't been connecting on that emotional level. Cause I'm, I'm moving in a different direction. So part of it is I'm moving in a different direction. Right, right. So I I'm building a different audience, but yes. that piece of it, let's get back to the emotional part because and I think- I'm not, I want to clarify. I'm not anti how to post like you okay, can right, teach, right, right, right. you can solve. In fact, I always tell people like when the easiest way to create a content plan is to solve specific problems, yeah. just think about the specific problems that your ideal client is looking to solve and right. solve them for them. Yeah. It's not that you're not teaching them how to, it's not that you're not fixing the problem. It's that you're pushing on those emotional pain points at the same time. Yes. So instead of just saying like, you know, here's how to grow a Facebook group and you just right. give them tips. You really play on the emotion of, well, why do they want to grow the Facebook group in the first place? What, what is driving that? What are the emotions behind that desire or the pain points behind not having that when you're talking about how to do it? So it's not, it's kind of a subtle difference, but it's a really important one. Yeah. 
here, here, answer this. Cause this is the, and maybe this is a challenge is that sometimes I think I, like, oh my God, I think I'm so negative. Right. When we, when we're quote, quote, pushing on the pain points, which we're yeah. doing that in a sense to help people get in their pain so that they're like, I want this solved. Oh, look, you know, Mary and Laura, they can talk about how to solve this problem. Sometimes I think, oh my gosh, how do we navigate not sounding so negative? Right. And like your life is going to be terrible if you don't lose that 20 pounds or you don't build that Facebook group or you don't learn how to, you know, like uh, comb your cat the right way. Like how do we navigate? Like, and I know there's not a specific formula, but you know what I mean about not coming off all the time? Like God, Debbie donor. It's just like, all she's talking about is the, the, the pain and the negative. Yeah. I mean, it's empathy, right? It's coming at it from a place, not of like, you're going to, you know, your life is going to suck if you don't lose weight. It's like, it's coming at it of like, I get that. It's really freaking hard to lose weight. Like I know that I was there, right. It's that it's coming at it from the place of like actually empathizing and showing that you understand. And you know, one of the things that was really powerful on a coaching call that I had recently was I had a client giving me lots of excuses about why it was hard for her that she hadn't been showing up and doing content. And I just said, look, I know that it's hard. If you say it's hard, it's hard, right? You don't have to convince me that it's hard. Like just you saying it's hard, it's hard. Right. And I think we need to get that across to our clients. It's like, we're not judging you for this being hard, right? Like the whole reason we're here to help you is because I, we know it's hard. Right. And so when you come across it with like the empathy, like we know it's hard to build a business. We know it's hard to lose weight. We know it's hard. That's why I like the, it's so easy. People like make me want to gag. Okay. Look, is- I, cause I was going to say, we got to talk about that, but you <laughs> keep going and then we can riff on the old, like, it's so easy. Just lean back and receive. I mean, Terrible marketing. If you think about it, because if it's so easy, why do I need you? (laughs) Right. It's terrible marketing. Right. Exactly. That's what what I think when I see that, but we also know that, well, first of all, everyone, it is hard to build a business. Let's be yes. in reality. And I would think that, and Laura's going to agree with me, some of the people, and we've, we're not saying names in, and we haven't even said names offline, but we will after this call. Um, but when you see this, when, when people are like, it's so easy, here's the thing. This is a quote. I forget where I read this the other day, just, um, but once you know, it's hard, then it becomes easy because you can acknowledge, you know, this is hard yeah. and then it becomes easy. But here's the thing. There's a couple of people that are out in the world and they're espousing this. It's so easy, so easy. And there's something about when you get into the flow, right? You're like the zone, right? When you're, right. You, when you're like snapping at your genius zone, we all know that vibe that like, oh my God, it's just like, that's when it comes easy. But you know what? To get to that place is hard as fuck, huh? Let's yes. be in reality. Yes. And, and people go ahead. Well, here's the other thing that I pretty much preach to all of my clients. The first time I work with them is I'm like, it's, it doesn't feel like hustle. It doesn't feel like grind. It doesn't feel like push. It doesn't feel like hard. Oh my God. I hate this because I love what I do. It's like right. you talked in the beginning, yes. your moms, I want to be working right. when I'm off when it's the weekend and my daughter's busy and my husband's busy. I'm not like, Oh, I'm going to go shopping or, Oh, I'm going to go take a bubble bath or, Oh, I'm going to go binge watch Netflix. I'm like, I'm going to go work on my app. I'm going to go like write some copy. It's what I love to do. So 
I do think that there is something in that it doesn't feel hard. It feels like what you're naturally motivated and excited to work on. And so that I think is the difference is that, you know, I tell my clients, I'm like, I don't want you to mix it up. I put in long days. I work 10, 12 hour days, but I love working. So it doesn't bother me. It doesn't feel like I'm like stressing myself out to do it. Yes, there it is. It's that stress because the hard comes with, you know, when you're starting anything new or you're growing or you have a new goal or whatever, you want to lose that 20 pounds. Like it's hard sometimes to put down, put down the potato chips, right? I mean, it's (laughs) growth so hard this time of year. (laughs) Growth is challenging. It can be so challenging. So all that's so juicy. Let's keep talking because we're at our 10 minutes. Let's keep going. Okay. So here's the thing is like what you're saying too. It's like, um, you know, cause I talk a lot in my business around working three days a week and, and people are like two, I get two reactions. Like, how do you make all that money three days a week? And it's like, well, also it's taken me years to build and know how to run a business effectively and efficiently. Number one. And number two is three days a week. I'm really, when I'm saying that it's really about like being in charge of your own schedule. So yes, there's times that somebody could be like, well, look, Mary, you're doing something on a Thursday and you said you don't work on Thursday and Friday. I'm like, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm doing a fun class or I'm right. You know, I'm taking whatever I'm, I'm learning. Like right now it's going to be all Instagram and then it's Pinterest and it's like SEO, like all these fun things. Part of my business is the fun. And I think this is to the point about what we were talking about as reinventing or adding on to our current businesses or, you know, deciding that we're going to do a different niche or a different platform or whatever. It's like, to me, that is that growth factor that we talk about that we like, because there's plenty of people that have one one offer, one thing that they talk about for years. And yes, they then become the known for that. I'm just not that girl. I'm not that girl. I get bored. I'm not that girl. Here's what it, what I've come to realize is my purpose in life, the way I see it has always been the same, right? I am here. I am put my mission in the world. The contribution, the thing that I'm here to do is to help important messages reach the people who need to hear them. That's what marketing is, right? right? Right. And when I was copywriting for a marketing agency, I was helping important messages reach the people who need to hear them. When I'm coaching or consulting or providing strategy, I'm helping message when on the agency side, when the people in my agency are repurposing your content so that you can be on more platforms, every iteration of everything I've done has served my purpose, but I don't like, there's, there's still a million other ways I could serve the purpose of helping people get the messages they need to hear. But it doesn't always, ha- I don't always have to be doing the same things. To that get is to so freaking purpose. good. I feel like I need to pay you for this coaching session because <laughs> I, love- <laughs> I love how you said that, right? Because as you're talking, I'm thinking about all the iterations of all the things I've done, whether it's my degree in interior design or being a therapist or being a leadership mentor or, you know, helping people build businesses. My mission is the same is having women be independent free, right? Make money emotionally free. Even when I did interior design, right? It was all about like having a place that you feel divine and lovely and wonderful. And then it's Mm. yours and it's expression of who you are. It's the same thing. Oh my God. It really is the same, right? For me as well. Yes. 
my purpose has never changed. Yeah. How I'm choosing to enact that purpose has changed. And so, and I, and it, and it will change again because that's who I am, Yeah. but it's always in alignment with my company mission, my company values, my purpose on this world. Right. And so I think that's, if you're somebody like us who, yeah. you know, you don't want to be launching the same program every quarter for years and years and years for the rest of your life. Not that there's anything wrong with that, right? right. We know yes. there's nothing wrong with the, that. a great B-school brand, sure. all of it, all of this. Uh, of course. Great. Power to you if you can do that. If you're not somebody who can do that, like get clear on what your mission is, what your purpose is, and then allow yourself to focus on one iteration of that at a time. Yes. That's so good. That's part of my lead a life uncommon program. That's coming out in the spring. It's really about this mission. And I'm glad, honestly, that you didn't use the word passion, because one of the things I talk a lot about is with like, we have a singular mission and, and your singular mission or purpose, and it shows up with different iterations. And I think that the, you know, saying, um, follow your passion is not the best business advice because I believe that our passions change as we grow our life, right. As we different seasons of our life, different, uh, Right. So where you are hold on. With- I just want to stick a pin in that. I'll let you come yeah. back to it. But following your passion is absolutely trash business yes. advice. Yeah. So many people are like, I want to start a business in like, I don't I don't even know, like the craziest stuff. Like I'm super passionate about, you know, henna tattoos. So I'm going to start a henna tattoo coaching business. Right. I don't know, like these crazy yeah. things. And I'm like, there's no need for that. There's no want for that. There's no market for that. And I'm like, I'm always, I hear, you know, especially coaches coming to me and they're wanting to help people, you know, find spiritual peace, connection, and happiness. These like things. And I'm like, nobody wants that. Nobody's out looking for that. Nobody's like going, oh, I really want that. And so I'm telling them, Stop trying to build a business on what you're passionate about and listen for what people need. When are people saying, I'm frustrated with this? I hate doing this. I'm so tired of this. When you start hearing those, you're hearing a problem. You're hearing a need. That's a business. Not because like I'm super passionate about glitter. Right. Anyway, you can go on. But I was like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like when people are like trying to start businesses off of what they like to do rather than what people need. Well, that, and I think that part of it too, is when, you know, there's going to be a day that, that, you know, trying to like do your henna coaching is going to flop (laughs) or whatever it is, right. There'll be a day when, you know, you've evolved. And I think that that's part of it. And also, you know, people who have one topic, right there, how do they evolve? And, and, and sometimes they don't, right. It's like they're repurposing, repurposing, which I'm all about repurposing. And so are you with your software, right. But once it's like, how many times can you say the same thing? And which is also fine, right? Because different niches, there's people that will come. There's always a flood of people, right? Right. There's always new people who need whatever the thing we're selling, except certain industries, right? There's certain things like, like you said, different passions. I just, here's the other thing. Why would I want to monitor? Go ahead. Sorry. But these folks who like niche super heavily into like, I'm an Instagram reels coach. I'm like, what are you going to do when Instagram reels aren't that big of a thing anymore? You know what I mean? I do think like I'm all for niching, but I do think there's a place where you're like, if, okay, if you're a college student and you're niching a YouTube channel into like being a college student, what's going to happen when you graduate? Right. Like I do like pick a niche, but like be a little thoughtful about like, is my niche sustainable long-term? Yep. 
So this gets back really to the mission, right? What's right. what's your mission? And and I think it's a couple of things, right? Once you can feel good about what is your real mission, what is your purpose here? Like, what are you brilliant at conveying to the world and how can it show up in these different iterations? Like you were saying, then you don't feel also one, like a failure, right? When you're deciding, okay, I'm done with that. I'm moving on to this next iteration. So that's one piece of the puzzle. But here's the other thing too, is I think that sometimes when people try and monetize, and I'm just going to end on this with the passion thing is like, why would you want to do that? And because then and sometimes this is what I've seen. It taints it. Yes. Like I, I, I am passionate about making jewelry. Okay. Well, sometimes because building a business is hard, then the very thing that you love to do no longer is yep. the thing that you love to do. And it's the thing you have to do. And there's yep. plenty of have tos already in business that doing things that you don't like. And that's the other thing, this whole, please, Jesus, let's talk about this. <laughs> That was a strong point. Like that was a really strong point. You are, you don't do what you love because you're going to start to resent it. It, You will, you will. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, navigating motherhood in business a little bit. Yeah. You know, (sighs) oh yeah. That was like a heavy sigh. (laughs) We're going to go with that. That said it all, right? Right. Here's (laughs) the thing that I try and remind my daughter, right? And and so I did get this from her. Maybe it was a year ago. She was like 14 and she came in and she said, you know, mama, I know that you work so that I can have all the things and that you work from home so that you can be with me all the time. And I was like, oh my God, let me write down the date this happened, right? And I wish now I'd written down literally verbatim what she said, because I can't articulate it exactly. But the point is, is that I think for those of us, you know, there's a difference between career women who work outside the home and career women like us who are entrepreneurs and business owners. And we have the luxury to work in our homes. And I think that it's a challenge a little bit. This is what I have found is that trying to have my daughter at different phases, not of course, as a teenager and your daughter's um, like four or five years younger. So it's, it's reminding them like, Hey, I happen to be able to take you to school or pick you up or do the things the yeah. home room, like all the things. But if I had a job, right. I, you wouldn't see me most of the day, forget the yeah. COVID that we were all with our kids in our houses. This is like outside of the COVID era, but right. really, I think that's a, that's a thing. So there are times if I'm working in the evening, right? Yes. I mean, I always, I've learned to stop though. I've learned to do two things. How did you do that? Learn to stop. uh, (laughs) I'm still working on it. Well, the, the, it depends too. So I will stop and address her. And then if I'm able to literally stop what I'm doing, I will like get up. Uh, This will be a video so that uh, the, um, you listeners, you can't tell, but I'm sending them and except if you've seen me on any video, I'm sitting in my chair, but I will get up and I will go sit in one of these velvet chairs, these, um, with her so that I'm literally getting up and walking away from my desk. I like except that. for the times that I'm trying to write something. Yes. I'm not good at multitasking. And so she understands now I can say to her river, it's hard for me to, to have a conversation and write at the same time. I'm almost on this email. As soon as I'm done, I will find you. And I, and I commit to that. Yes. I used to not, I used to, and then she circled by and I've got, you know, you said you were going to come and then I went on to something else. I have been rigorous Yes, of making sure that when I finish whatever task, I will get up and go find her or spend time with her or whatever. Right. So how do you navigate that when your daughter's like, Hey, I feel like I spend a lot of time with my daughter. I actually don't feel like she's at all hurting for time with me. Um, 
it's, you know, I, I have to, I don't do a lot of other things, right? I don't watch TV. I don't go shopping. I hate it. Like I don't like, don't do a lot of other things. I do make right. a priority to spend time with her. What's hard for me is, and I focus on quality over quantity, right? What's yeah. hard for me is like the mom guilt of like, you know, maybe I do pick her up from school and then she's literally on YouTube or Roblox for hours and hours at a time. Right. Because I'm not like in there organizing a craft or an activity or whatever. And so it's more like the guilt of like me not being as available to structure her time as much as, you know, maybe I think I ought to be as her mom. But when it comes to like, carving out an hour to go sit and talk with her and play with her. That's not where I struggle. It's in the, okay. The other five hours that she's at home in the evening. Right. 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 (laughs) I know what you mean because, you know, we we both have only children. So it's like, this is what, and I'm an only child. Right. So, um, here's what I kept saying to myself is like, it's really good that she learns how to entertain herself. And so that's part of it. Right. Yeah. Like they have to really be able to do that. Cause what I don't want to, what I didn't want for her. And we've, I'm sure we've seen this where people literally can't be by themselves. They like have yes. to have people around them. You mm-hmm. know, they, they can't like take care of who they are as a person. So, and I know what you mean because, oh my God, of course, with, a, you know, a tablet in hand, River was like six years old. And she's like, did you watch Netflix on your iPad? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. Are you That's real? brilliant. I'm like, no, you know, we had one television, you had to get up off the sofa to turn the channel. And it was like a knob, like it was the Odin days, you know? So yes, COVID's actually, this is one of the blessings of COVID. I think is it kind of ended the like mom's organized play dates thing. Yeah. And instead all of Tiffany's friends got like Facebook messenger with, for kids, which you get like approve their contacts and all this right. kind of stuff. And so now she like calls and plays with her friends and like, it's the new way to do play dates. And so right. then I feel a little less bad. Cause I'm like, well, I hear her playing with her friends on the phone. <laughs> right. It is. I mean, it is a different day and that's the thing. It's like, do you take it away from them or not? I mean, that was a conversation we had in our house. It's like, how much time should she spend on it? How much, but it's also like, you know, I mean, you can't remove it from them completely because this is, this is their life. This is who they are. We, we didn't grow up necessarily with an iPad in our hand all the time, but it's like the world that they're living in and they, they have to learn how to navigate it. Even though, you know, a lot of the social is a problem and all the things we could go off on that, but yeah. 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 I mean, that's more where I struggle with is the boundaries with technology and the structuring of our time and things like that. What do you think is the benefit being, um, having a business where she gets to see you build something. Oh, it's huge. It's everything. You know, one of the things that we have in common, I, I think my understanding is we're both kind of the breadwinners of our family. You know, yep. um, my husband hasn't worked in a year and that's fine. Like that's by choice, but you know, I think it's really cool. One, she knows her mom runs a business right. and she knows her mom has staff, right? She knows her mom is like responsible for other people, yep. other people's right. livelihood. Yes. And she knows, you know, and, and I think that's really cool to see, have her see that I make 
my own money. I build my own thing. I'm going after my dreams. And it's really important that I, I think role modeling that for her is as important to me as any other aspect of my business. I agree because I'm very much the same. Like you got to have your own career. You got to make your own money, da, 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 you know, before you get trapped in some kind of whatever relationship and whatever that looks like, whether it's somebody like, you know, my husband has his business, it's building, it's growing, it's very slow, you know, and the work that he does, it takes a long time for some of these contracts to get through. And it's just like, you know, I want the same for river is that like, here's an example of what is possible so that we're not relying on other people. And yes, of course there's days that I don't know about you, but I'm just like, I legit. So I take river to volleyball and then I drive by one of those big ass billboards. That's like $126 million for the super lottery or whatever. I don't even know what they're called. And I'm like, I have a mental fantasy for just a moment. Like, right. I mean, I'm like, I don't even know where, I guess you buy them at 7-Eleven or wherever. I've um, never bought one. I have no idea. What would happen? But here's the truth. So here's a question. And then we'll have to end in a second. But how do you, I mean, how would life change for you? And I think this is a real testament of who we are as women is like, what would significantly change if all of a sudden somebody dropped a hundred million dollars in your lap? I mean, obviously things will change. And yet we both talked about, we have a mission, right? right. There's a purpose that we have. Right. I, I personally, I know I would still want to do something that was contributing to women and how to transform their lives and make it better and feel them feeling more confident and stronger, make more money, have more freedom, et cetera, et cetera. What about you? Yeah. yeah this might sound insane, but I'd still run my business. If anything, yeah. I would grow my business massively. I would make a massive investment in my business. Yeah. Maybe I would change certain things about how I'm running it. Maybe I would definitely hire more people. Right. I would, you know, I would actually still actively want to work in my business. Now, does that mean I, I would take maybe a little bit more time off to travel or yeah. whatever. Sure. But that's the thing is, I think that's a testament to when you are living on mission and, yes, exactly. and, and working on mission and building something on mission is there's not a bone in my body that would want to walk away. Right. Like I, mean, I don't, I don't ever imagine like people are counting down the days till retirement and right. I can't imagine wanting to retire. I, I don't even, I, it's like, why is that even a concept anymore? And how terrible I think it is that you're waiting, 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 waiting. Yeah. And I mean, we have this opportunity as business owners and entrepreneurs to weave in the things that we want to do today. Yes. Like, I don't know. That is so valuable to me. I mean, as much money as I can make my, my time freedom is worth everything like that. Like this is why I just, and not everyone's cut out to build a business. However, no. I just wish that everybody could be that woman because yes. I want that for people. I want women to be able to do whatever the hell they want to do when they want to do it. Yes. I mean, yes, I want that so badly. So this concept of like waiting until you're retiring no. or, you know, and there's some industries that you do, right? What teachers, John Root was, uh, worked in the, is a Marine and retired at 20 years. Right. So it's like, it didn't make sense that you're 15. Like I'm going to quit because you're like five more years and then you get retirement and you know, how, right. so there's certain industries that you're in and like, it makes sense. Like, but plan, but that's a whole, right. that's why I, you're going to love this. I know we got to wrap it up, but I've started calling money freedom chips. 
right? Mm, Like those are freedom chips, right? Because that's what money is to me. I don't, like I said, I don't like to shop. I don't care about flashy stuff. I don't care about like, I don't care about luxury stuff. It's just not what I'm into. No judgment for people who are into it. Exactly. But to me, building my business is buying my freedom. Yeah. And that those are my freedom chips. That's so good. I love what you said too. It's like, and this is the thing. I think that so many, and we could still talk about this some more, but you know, it is, it's so, it's like, there is no judgment. Here's the thing. It's like those of us, you and I, who are successful, it's like, we're not the ones out there judging your decision around why you want to build your business. No. And it's the people that, you know, you, you're like, oh my God, if I, if I, you know, when you're doing your marketing or whatever, and people are going to judge me, it's like, first of all, the people who are judging you, they're never going to buy from you. Like wake up. They're never going to buy from you. So who cares? Who cares? Right. And it's just like, at the end of the day, we all need to make it the decision, whether you want to buy those $1,500 shoes or you don't, and you would rather have more time at like, like, do you? It's yeah, just buy like, the fifteen hundred dollars shoes if you want to buy the fifteen. Like exactly, and I support you building your million dollar business so you can have all the fifteen hundred dollars shoes. You exactly want. right. It totally yeah. like there's like those of us who have success, we're not judging what the hell you want to do with your life. Like this no. is the this is the thing. But a lot of people, until they get to a certain level, they don't understand that those of us who are successful, we're too busy doing our own thing to give a shit what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> It's yes. okay. I don't care why you're doing what you're doing. No, I don't have any judgment around it. It's like, it means nothing to me. I mean, no. but come on over to the successful side. So you can really do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to talk again. Um, we could just go and go and go. Is there any, here's the question I always like to ask. Yeah. How do you describe leading a life uncommon? Oof. you know, it's, for me, it really is creating that freedom to do yeah. what I want to do when I want to do it. And my pathway to do that is through building my business, but it doesn't have to be. It's like, how are you actually doing the thing? Like yeah. actually moving to London for a month or actually writing the book or actually starting the nonprofit or actually like, how are you actually doing the things that you want to do and creating a life where you can do that? Yes. Amen. Okay. So how, how can people find you? I'm on the socials, you know, the Instagram, (laughs) the Facebook, right. And I'll have all the links for everybody. So here's (laughs) the website, you know, I do the marketing thing, right? So uh, we'll have all, right. We'll have all of the links. And if you're someone who really is serious about making sure that your message gets out there in a brilliant way and want some support, like you were saying, Laura, about taking something like this podcast, right. And then breaking it into a a lot of pieces so that you've got this prolific amount of content and with your brilliant words, then Laura is the person to reach out to. So that, mm, you know, to be able to do a lot of this easily without you thinking, I will say the word easily, right? Because it is easier when you can take something like this, this podcast and, and, you don't have to think so hard when you can break it up because the words that you and I have both been saying, we could break this up and these little sound bites of yeah. brilliant gold. And I'm going to say platinum nuggets. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, and it's you, right? It's you. Yes. You're not hiring a social media manager who's pretending to be you. Like we're breaking up little pieces of your genuine, authentic golden nuggets, your voice that people connect to. And that's the magic of it. And that's a whole nother conversation about- <laughs> hiring people to speak for you, 
right? And, but that is another conversation for another day. Laura, thank you so much. Bye everybody. Go make it a wonderful week. Hey, you've been listening to the Lead a Life Uncommon podcast. I'm here helping you create a life to allow you to do whatever the heck you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you got some value out of this, I'm going to ask you, pop over and give a five-star review. Subscribe and share this with a girlfriend you know is ready to lead a life uncommon herself. And I want to give you a couple of things. Number one is pop over to marybicknell.com slash podcast. I have something called the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. You're going to uncover some good stuff there. It's a little workshop I'm giving to you. And another thing I want you to take advantage of is this exercise I did all around connecting with your evolved future self. You're going to love this exercise. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, when you're done, please, please, please go and tag me on Instagram or any of the socials and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and I'll chat with you soon. Bye now.